Mr. Christmas present. I had a funny feeling. Uh, why did you do that? Sometimes you have to slap them in the face just to get their attention. Fine. Slap me in the face. But you kicked me in the wall. It's time to begin our journey. Now, close your eyes. Welcome to the Happy Fun Time Movie Hour. This is Eric. Across from me always is Arwen. You can follow us on Twitter at FuntimeMovies1. That is FuntimeMovies and the number one on Twitter. And we also have a Facebook. It is Happy Fun Time Movie Hour on Facebook. So you can follow us there as well. So it's almost Christmas, right? Yeah. And I batted around the idea of doing only Christmas movies for our first podcast year. Yeah. Like, not not for the for entire... The yeah, I wasn't going to do 52 episodes of Christmas movies. I would have lost my damn mind. Yeah. No. <laughs> but for the month of December, I decided, let's do four Christmas movies. So, I thought about it. I batted around some ideas. You hated the idea of doing a <laughs> Christmas story. Uh, it's because everybody's seen it. Yeah. I thought about Elf... I thought about Christmas Vacation. Those two are definitely on the list. Um, I don't have a third one yet, but the fourth one is the first one we're doing, and that's Scrooge. Yeah. Scrooge, duh. Starring Bill Murray. Um, We saw this uh, on Movieplex Mm -hmm. again, and uh, it's one of my favorite movies. Oddly enough... It is one of Bill Murray's most hated movies, apparently. He really? He doesn't like this movie. Oh, he personally doesn't like it. Right. I he had a, kind of understand it. He had a bad time with the director, and uh, let's let's get all this technical stuff out of the way, okay? Okay. Mm-hmm. So the movie is Scrooged. Made in 1988. It is PG-13. It should be. Really? There's a lot of cursing in it. Eh. Uh, and the runtime is one hour and 41 minutes. Directed by Richard Donner, and Richard Donner directed Superman. Right. He directed some of Superman, too. Mm-hmm. Um, there's several other movies that he did. I believe Goonies was yeah, a he Richard did. Donner he did film. Goonies. So, we got ourselves a guy with a pedigree. Uh-huh. And, you know, if you think about movies, and you've seen a Richard Donner film. You just have. Yeah. Um, this stars Bill Murray. Mm-hmm. And everybody knows who Bill Murray is. And if you don't, why? <laughs> Bill Murray, you know, Ghostbusters, uh, Lost in Translation, Broken Flowers. Stripes. Stripes. Saturday Night Live. Yeah. Um, what's the one? The Steve Isuzu? Uh, the Life Aquatic. Yes. You know, so he's been in Wes he's, Anderson he's movies. He's been what? I just had one and it's gone. Never mind. Okay. So Bill Murray... He is a literal legend in acting. Yeah. Everybody should know who Bill Murray is. And if you don't, um, go watch a Bill Murray movie. What's your problem? Caddyshack. Yeah, go Caddyshack. Go Caddyshack. Uh, hands down, one of my favorite movies. Yeah. Second on the bill here, I got Karen Allen. Yes. And we remember her from Stripes. Yeah. And Raiders of the Lost Ark. Indiana Jones and the Kingdom of the Crystal Skull. I'd like to forget that one. <laughs> uh, and we got John Forsyth. He plays our Jacob Marley type. Mm-hmm. John Forsyth was the, what do they call him? Patriarch of Dynasty. 
Yeah. Um, he was also the voice in the box in Charlie's Angels, the TV series, not the show, or, or yeah, the not movie. the movie. But he might have been in the movie. I don't know. I can't remember if John Forsythe was alive to do the first Charlie's Angels. I don't know. Arwen will look that up and, and tell us in a um, little bit. No, I was thinking, was Bill Murray in Charlie's Angels the movie? Bill Murray was, yeah. He was Bosley. Yeah. Yeah. So that's kind of funny how yeah, how they're both in there. That's what I was going to look up. Okay. Um, John Glover, he's been in stuff as the wormy guy. Like, he's always been this preppy looking, weird. Was he the guy who played guy. Bryce? Yeah. Yes. And I didn't look up what movies he's been in because it doesn't matter. He's just that guy you, you recognize. Yeah. Um, then we got Bobcat Goldthwait. <laughs> um, he's a stand-up comedian. I remember him from the Bob Goldthwait show. He's been in uh, Police Academy. Yeah. Two and three or just three. He was in some movie with a horse. Yeah. Hot to Trot. Hot to Trot. Is that what yeah. that was called? Oh my gosh. It was so, so terrible. So like, <laughs> he, as much as I love the 80s and some of their, well, most of their movies, um, there's some movies that I'd like to forget. And that might have been a 90s movie, actually. I think it was a 90s movie. Didn't he also set uh, Letterman's couch on fire? Um, it was one of the night, nighttime guys. He set their couch on fire. Yeah. Um, that's kind of when also, you stop seeing Bobcat for a while. Well, yeah, but he also, he directs a lot now. Yeah. And he's a very good director. I believe he di- directs uh, FX's uh, Baskets. And if he doesn't direct it... Uh, he's definitely involved with yeah, Baskets. Yeah, he's involved with So, we got him. Uh, then we got David Johnson. Um, David Johnson was a singer. The New York Dolls. In the New York Dolls. He was also Buster Poindexter. Mm-hmm. Um, which was some kind of big band revival type guy, big hair. Used, you know, he's, he's a good singer. Yeah, um, he's I, enjoyable to watch. Yes, I suggest listening to New York Dolls. So I mean, come on, it's punk rock. Mm-hmm. What, what can what can go wrong? Then we got Carol Kane, and she's currently in uh, the uh, the Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt. She was also on Taxi. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that's where she got her kind of like big start, but she was in a movie called, uh, when a stranger calls. Okay. And that's the movie where the killer was inside the house. Oh yeah. It's a thriller, I guess. She was supposedly like 19 in that movie. So it's been a while. I don't think I've seen that movie. Uh, you haven't. <laughs> <laughs> and then uh, a small role was given to Robert Mitchum, and Robert Mitchum was in the original uh, Cape Fear. Uh, he's a very legendary actor. He's been in a lot of westerns, a lot of a lot of uh, movies from uh, the fifties, sixties, seventies, eighties. Big star. Yeah, there were a lot of big stars kind of hidden throughout this movie, right. like Jamie Farr. Yeah, who apparently didn't speak at all. Right, Mary Lou um, Retton, no lines. No lines. She. Oh wait, she no. Got to she say says. She says, "God bless us, everyone." Yeah. Mary Lou Retton plays Tiny Tim in a production of Scrooge. <laughs> Buddy Hackett. Buddy Hackett's in this, and like they treat him like he's a big star in this movie. I guess in his own mind, he might have been. He was a funny guy. Uh, I remember him from two things. The Music Man and the Abbott and Costello biopic. Oh. 
where he played Luke Costello, and he had the worst death scene I have ever seen in my life. Really? Yeah, it was supposed to be a serious scene, but it was more like when uh, Paul Rubens dies in Buffy the Vampire Slayer. <laughs> where he's like, no! Yeah. Uh, uh, yeah. <laughs> so it just, it was comedic. I laughed, and I shouldn't have laughed. We have that problem. We laugh at inappropriate times. Yeah. Yeah, I do. What was your opening first impression of this movie? Well, first we get the music. Yeah. And I immediately think Tim Burton. Yeah. And then we find out at the end that Danny Elfman did the music. Yeah, Which Danny makes Elfman. perfect sense of why it felt like a Tim Burton film. Danny Elfman did, I think, a lot of Tim Burton's movies. Uh, he did all their scores uh, until recently, I think. He was the founding member of a band called Boingo Boingo. Um, he and his brother did a movie called The Forbidden Zone in 1979, 1980. And we're going to review that eventually. I just got to be in a really good mood for that one. Oh my. It is. Uh, it's a hard watch. Um, <laughs> so Danny Elfman is like, he just made a ton of money. It was like him and John Williams in the 80s, right? Yeah, I think so. It's just those two those guys. Those are the only two really. names. Um, I'm sure there's more. Yeah, I'm sure there are too, but like, they're the only ones I can think of that like were standout people that scored movies. Mm -hmm. Um, so I remember the first time I watched this and it opens up with this Santa Claus saccharine weird thing, you know, and they're like, all the elves are playing and Santa's like telling them, no, you're going to break the presents. And then a missile comes at them. And he's like, we got incoming. And I go, oh, crap. It's going to be one of these movies. (laughs) And no, it wasn't. uh, But it was basically a promo for a television show. Yes. Lee Majors shows up in it. They call him Lee Majors. So he's playing himself. Uh, Lee Majors, if you don't know, played uh, the $6 million man Mm -hmm. in the 70s. Yeah. And then he was the fall guy in the 80s. Yep. And uh, recently, he was Ash Williams' father in Ash vs. Evil Dead. Really? Yeah. You know, uh, I saw a commercial recently, a car commercial, and they have the little $6 million man doll. Yeah. Selling cars, and it's really Lee Major's voice. That's stupid. And I was like, nobody knows who that is. <laughs> That's so silly. Yeah. I don't know why. Uh, the, yeah, the, Sta- the, the Santa's Workshop battle, Lee Major's. Uh, and and the and the movie is called "The Night the Reindeer Died." Yeah, <laughs> the night the reindeer died. <laughs> um, and they're sh- and they're showing this promo to a group of, uh, I'd say CEOs, not yeah, network executives. Yeah, and uh, one of them is horrified. A couple of them. Well, After... most of them are horrified. Well, they yeah, but no, they uh they play also they play a uh. A commercial for Scrooge. Mm-hmm. And it shows, you know, John Houseman, which is this old guy that I remember from Silver Spoons. He played Gramps in Silver Spoons. And if you don't know what Silver Spoons is, it starred Ricky Schroeder, Rick Schroeder, mm-hmm. uh, Aaron Gray from Buck Rogers. So, and, oh, and Alfonso oh, Ribeiro. Yes. And, and, you know, uh, I believe Jason Bateman was in a couple episodes of the show because they went to military school and Jason Bateman was his bunkmate oh i forgot all about yeah so we have john hausman he's narrating and they're gonna do this live episode or live television movie of scrooge not a christmas carol 
Yeah, just Scrooge. That's the part that annoys me. <laughs> They're not... They call it Charles Dickens' classic Scrooge. No, it's not Charles Dickens' classic Scrooge. It's Charles Dickens' classic A Christmas Carol. It could be partly because they didn't want to say A Christmas Carol. Because there were so many Christmas carols out. Oh yeah, there was tons. And a lot of them were very boring to watch. Uh... No. Yes. Okay. <laughs> we could do a whole month of just a Christmas Carol movies. I would hate that. Oh. All right. Well, whatever. Maybe the Muppets Christmas Carol eventually. Yeah. Because when I first watched it, I didn't like it either. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Bill Murray's character's name is Frank Cross. Yes. And Frank is this evil TV executive. He only looks at numbers. He doesn't care about anything else. And he doesn't like Scrooge, the commercial for it. He wants it to be edgy. He Mm -hmm. wants it to be, you know, cool. This is why I think this movie, well, this part of the movie is about satire of what television is. And in the 80s, and currently now even, television is supposedly edgy, scary, not appropriate for children. All this stuff. So, they show this thing. It's darker. It's sinister. Acid rain. Gun violence. Mm-hmm. Come see Scrooge. Yeah. A nuclear bomb. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, I get what they're doing and I could agree with it. It's a shock value. Yeah. But you know what? If parents don't want their kids to see something, they should just uh, turn, the turn the TV off. So... Bill Murray's a terrible boss. Uh, if anybody worked for a guy like this, they would be afraid of being fired every single day of their life. He's miserable. Mm-hmm. He's not a happy person. Oh, no. Um, he has a lot of money, which he thinks equals happiness, I think. And that comes out at the end. Of course, you know, this is a reflection of A Christmas Carol. Mm-hmm. So he's this mean boss that wants people to work on Christmas and all this other garbage. So we got all that. We get introduced to uh, Grace. Yeah. And that is played by... Alfie Woodard. Uh, Alfie Woodard. And she is recently in Luke Cage. Mm-hmm. Um, she was in Captain America Civil War as a completely different character than she was in Luke Cage. Oh, yeah. Yeah, she was a mother who lost her and son. And she, she won awards for Miss Evers Boys. Yes. So she she has a pedigree as well. A lot of these actors in this movie have a pretty good pedigree. And she's she's kind of a cool character. She loves her family. Her husband died, and which resulted in one of her children not speaking since that time. Yeah, because he had seen his, his father get murdered. Yeah. And so, rightfully so. There's a lot of childhood trauma in this movie. Yeah. I would say this movie is fueled on childhood trauma so- in some ways. They they said that the father had been ma- murdered five years before that. Yeah. The kid looks like he's six. Yeah, he would have been two or something like that. So. Two or three. Yeah. You can remember stuff at you two can. or three. You can. You can. I, I just thought he looks awful young to say five years ago. Yeah. I get it. He could have had stunning growth. He could have been 11. I don't know. I don't that's, know what kids that's look true. like. Yeah. So. <laughs> all right. There's this one scene where. He's telling her that they got to work late. And she goes, no, I got a doctor's appointment. Yeah. And he goes, if 
if we can't work late, then I can't work late. Yeah. You know, and, and weird. It was a weird interaction. But when he goes away and comes back, mm-hmm. she's gone. Oh, yeah. So she has no respect for her boss. Right? Well, that or it's a continuity error. It could be. It definitely is. Yeah. I was just bringing that up. But no, totally. If, if that's the case, because they kind of cut to a weird scene from yeah. there. And it looks like he leaves. Oh, yeah. His brother is in the yeah, office. Yeah, his brother's in the office. So he leaves with the brother. So why would she have to work late at that right. point? So she probably did leave. <laughs> yeah. So <laughs> I don't blame her. It makes no sense. <laughs> what else? is going on at the beginning of this movie that is of note. We meet his brother, and by the way, every single Murray brother is in this movie in one shape or fashion. It seems that way, yeah. Um, only one of them doesn't really have a speaking line, mm-hmm. and that's his... Uh, there was one at the it? board meeting, I think, yeah. and he doesn't say anything. No, 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 I no, thought no. I could have sworn there was one in there. No. It, no? No, because Brian Doyle Murphy plays his dad. Yes. His brother in the movie plays his brother, and then sitting across from him... In that party scene, yeah, is his other brother. Is there only four of them? I thought there yeah. were five. No. Okay, I'm so. wrong. Not the first time. <laughs> Not the last. Okay, so in these scenes at the beginning, when he's in his office getting alcohol, yeah, he puts tab in everything. Yeah, he puts it's like tab and Bacardi, tab and tab, vodka, tab Bacardi and Russian vodka, the yeah. Stoicha or something. Mm-hmm. I was like, that can't taste good. No, no, <laughs> a cola in a clear alcohol just it just doesn't taste right to me. Like you want something like with lime in it, or a, or a clear soda. Yeah, we get to meet Robert Mitchum's character, mm-hmm. and I don't remember his name. Preston. Preston. Okay, so we meet Preston, and he uh, he has an interesting idea. I love his idea. What, what was his idea? Well, cats. There's so many cats in the world. Yeah. And they're going. They're starting to watch television. Right. And so we need to start putting, making programming for cats. Exactly. And do you know what? Real world television has done that. Yeah, we do that. It's hilarious. There's a couple Roku channels that are just dedicated to animals. It's so freaking um, funny. There's also, you know, pet TV. Uh-huh. Um, things like that. So, yeah, people... So, it's like, this is a prediction or a joke about a pitch, maybe? It could be like Idiocracy, where it's like, oh, people are going to be stupid a thousand years from now. <laughs> and guess what? They friggin' are. <laughs> um, so, it could have been just like one of those Nostradamus things where he just makes some crap up and... Puts it on paper and then, like, Robert Mitchum reads it and goes, eh, it probably will happen. There are some great uh, nods to things that don't belong in this movie. Yeah. Like what? Like, uh, at the very end, he says, feed me Seymour. Yeah. For no reason. None. Doesn't doesn't belong there. There's one thing I want to know. Why is everything riding on Scrooge being successful? They're spending $40 million on it. Why would you spend $40 million on a television show that is that Buddy Hackett is starring in? I have no idea. Like a, a Buddy Hackett uh, uh, helmed movie should not be $40 million. No. Well, they weren't just going to be live from the studio. They were going to go to Africa and yeah. they were going to go to, what was the one you said? They're like, why on earth would they even go there? Oh, I don't remember. It was so funny. Uh, yeah, they, they're going to go to Africa where the Pope is going to uh, do the largest baptism 
ever recorded. Which doesn't make any sense to be involved with this. I don't understand it, but I get that it's supposed to be satire on television and how outrageous things have to be in television to gather people's eyes Mm -hmm. to be glued to the television so that these execs can get as much money out of those people as possible. Yeah. That is the purpose of, I think, what drives Bill Murray. Okay. Throughout the whole movie. Yeah, so everything is riding on Scrooge. Now, we had a cameo or two while we uh, transition a little bit. And uh, he passes a band, a street band, street musicians. Uh-huh. One of them is Miles Davis, mm-hmm. professional musician. Um, Paul Schaefer was one of them. Oh, I didn't even notice that. Me either, until I looked in there. Makes sense. He's everywhere. Yeah. He leaves... He goes back to the office. I don't remember why he leaves, though. He left with James. To give him a cab? All I remember is that he leaves, says mean things to the street musician, yeah. and then just goes back up yeah, to his we've, office. Yeah, we've literally just finished watching this. Yeah, I know. <laughs> so, um... Even even four pages of notes and we could forget things. So, okay, so Bobcat's character gets drunk. Or gets fired, I mean. He gets fired. Yeah. And so, which every... was one of the funniest firings, yeah, I've seen in a while. They... Sorry, <laughs> they cover him in a blanket. They give him a blanket. Did they give him a blanket? Yeah, and I and... thought that was later. No, he has that blanket when he's leaving the office. Oh, that's funny. So they do that. They give him his box of stuff. He goes, "Thank you, guys, and Merry Christmas." And they push him right and off they the push sidewalk. Him right off the sidewalk. <laughs> so he's like. Get out of here. You're off the property. And it took him t- five minutes. And it's all because he criticized that dark, scary yes. uh, cr- Scrooge commercial. But every time we see him later, he's either drinking or attempting to drink something from a brown bag. Yeah. And either it gets stolen from him or it gets uh, he gets splashed with water and it, it falls through the bag and smashes. So I don't know how drunk he actually got in this movie. He says he's blind drunk at the right, end of the movie. Right, but he, he but, doesn't seem to be. But his whole arc is kind of interesting because he starts out, he's like this friendly guy, nice guy. Um, you couldn't hate this guy. Bill Murray hates this guy. Mm-hmm. You just, you can't not like this guy's character, really. You shouldn't. You shouldn't. It's kind of funny, though, because Gold, Bobcat, all clean cut, yeah. in the vest, and the bow tie, it is so weird to see him like that. Absolutely. Um, look him up on YouTube. You, you'll find some clips. He was very irritating in the 80s. Yeah. And, uh, and, I, and I've said this a million times. There were two comedians I would not watch live. One of them being Stan, or not Stan, Sam Kinison, and the other one being Bob Goldthwaite. Stan, Sam Kinison was terrible. I, I don't understand his appeal. I didn't like him. He wasn't funny. He screamed at people. He did scream at people. And that was it. Bobcat, he had jokes in between his stuff, so I could watch some of his jokes. And I watched one of his Showtime specials where he wasn't the screamy guy. Oh, really? And it was very, very good. Oh. Huh. But it ended in a U2 song, so it was weird. Huh. Yeah. There's drinking at work. It's the 80s. There's probably smoking in the building, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah. So we got we got our full-on 80s high-rise blah, 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 you know? Mm-hmm. So we got that. And then, uh, and then the first ghost shows up, and it is, uh, it is his old boss. His old boss, Lou. His old boss, Lou. 
And uh, Lou is coming in, and I feel like it's a kind of a, a nod to Caddyshack, but he's got golf equipment on. Yeah. Well, he died golfing. Yeah. So I feel like that was a little nod to Caddyshack. He blows the doors open, though. They shatter yeah. into a million pieces for some weird reason. Now, <laughs> when Frank gets his pistol and he shoots at Lou... He's going blam, blow, yeah, blammo, he makes all those blammo, 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 while, while the gun is firing. So the, you hear the gun firing, but like he's shouting blam, blam, blammo, blammo, wham, you know, like that. And I'm like, who the hell does that? <laughs> That's weird. It is weird. It's very weird. I mean, I don't shoot guns, so I don't know. But that just seems like something nobody does. Mm-hmm. So his old friend comes in, gets a drink. And he looks... Like he's been dead for seven years. Yeah. Like, it, it's gross. almost like uh, the the effects in this movie seem like they were done by the same people that did House. Oh, I could totally see that. Yeah, because it, it was similar, similar kind of prosthetics, similar kind of practical effects. Mm-hmm. Um, and I would like to, I would like to say that it probably is, but I can't, you know, confirm or deny it. Mm-hmm. But it's very similar. Mm-hmm. So. The, the effects, they stand out to this day. They are not bad effects. No. Even when he holds Bill Murray out through the window. Right. And when he goes through the window, mm-hmm. it was a pretty good effect. Yeah, it's very much a movie that holds up. Mm-hmm. Right? Mm-hmm. I mean, it's set in the 80s. We watch stuff that's set in the 80s that are made now. This one is just made in the 80s, you know? Mm-hmm. And and it still holds up as a, uh, as a good movie. Uh... Ghost tells him he's going to be visited by three ghosts and Bill Murray balks at him and drops him. And then he gets dropped out out of the window. Right. Right. And he lands in his chair because when something happens to Bill Murray, he ends up somewhere else. Right. And uh, he he starts to drink and he finds a golf ball in his drink. Yeah. The golf ball that popped out of Lou's Lou's head. head. Yeah. And so, a mouse. Yeah, there was kind of a gross scene there. Yeah, yeah. I don't. I don't think any of this movie had like over the top gross out. No. Uh, uh, scenes. Um, I. I'm trying to remember back to when I first saw it. Where it was was I cringing when I saw this? And I don't think I would have been because I had seen a lot worse. By I that could point. see um, some small children might kind of be yeah. grossed out by some of it. Right. So he's told he's going to be visited by the ghost at noon the next day, right? Right. So where is he around noon the next day? He is having lunch with his boss. Yeah, his boss. And a, another man named Bryce. Not, yeah, Bryce, who is this wormy, skinny guy with shiny teeth. And he's got these big ideas. He's a little younger, I think. He's got a lot of ideas. He's from California. So, of course, he's got that California charm or whatever uh, Bill Murray called it. Um, in fact, when he orders his food, he wants the California dinner plate. Was with it, with no milk, with it, no dairy. It was like a health plate or something. Yeah, you know? California health plate, no yeah, dairy. Yeah. And I was like, what the hell is that? <laughs> I don't know. I was going to look it the up, other guy, I forgot. The other guy owns, uh, orders a rack of lamb, and of course, Bill Murray goes crazy uh-huh. because he keeps seeing things. Yes, because so it turns noon. Yeah. And this, this guy, Bryce, is obviously there to try and take Bill Murray's job. Yeah, yeah. Bill Murray's definitely threatened by him. And, uh... 
so the first thing is, is like they ordered highballs, you know, because Bill Murray wants to be just like his boss. Right. He's he's emulating him to the point of ordering the same kind of drink, um, polishing his silverware before, except his boss brings this gold plated silverware out of his pocket and 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 wipes those down while Bill Murray's character uh, Frank he just uh he he uh polishes the ca- uh, the, the fork himself mm-hmm. so but when when he gets his highball what's in the highball an eyeball there's an eyeball in his highball <laughs> isn't that weird so he freaks and, out and nobody else of course sees no. it so he looks like he's starting to have a mental yeah, breakdown yeah and they're like they're like don't don't lose it frank <laughs> don't don't go there <laughs> You know, and they're they're taking this like this is kind of a normal thing that happens when with people in power. It might be. It might be. I don't know. I've never been in power. So uh the next thing he sees is somebody's uh lighting a baked Alaska mm-hmm. flambe, right? Yeah. And uh the waiter's arm catches on fire. And he's waving it around, right? Yeah. And the rest of his body catches on fire. Bill Murray, he's like, I gotta get some air. Yeah, because right. nobody else sees it, because it's not really happening. Right. And he gets this bucket of water that, you know, is like melted ice in a in a champagne uh, bucket. Mm-hmm. And he throws it on the guy. And, and the waiter's like, just stands there. Like, what the heck just happened to me? And then the best joke ever. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, Bill Murray says, uh, oh, I'm sorry. I thought you were Richard Pryor. Yeah. So there's a Richard Pryor joke in the middle of something in 1988 that I think only a handful of people would have gotten at that time anyway, because it happened so long ago. And Richard Pryor was he was a big star, but like people really forget that he was freebasing and he set himself on fire. Yeah. And uh, and almost died. So and then he went on a tour and made light of it. Oh yeah, he always he always yeah, did after that. You know, I, he jokes really about his great. own pain. That's one thing people do. Um, earlier on, though, we uh, we meet Claire. Mm-hmm. Um, she shows up at the set earlier than this part, right? At the interaction with Lou yeah. in the office after the the golf ball, the ghost dials Karen Allen's characters. Yeah, Claire. Uh, Claire's phone number. And, you know, voicemail starts, and so he gets up and he runs over. So he called her. Yeah. And so she shows up at the studio the next day. And she never calls him Frank. She calls him Lumpy. Yeah. Which is adorable. I know. We'll find out why they call her or why she calls him Lumpy, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, I was thinking, like, is it because he's fat? Is it because of other reasons? <laughs> you know? I just I would hope think it wouldn't it. be that kind of a joke. Um, <laughs> Well, you never know. You don't. So he leaves the uh, restaurant. Yes. So he hails a cab, and uh, a cab backs up, like this old-timey cab, right? Right. Backs up, hits the other cab that Bill Murray was going to get into, and uh, it's this guy. And this guy is played by David Johnson. And we know David Johnson from the New York Dolls. Right. He was like the front man. He was a singer. Mm-hmm. Uh, he was also Buster Poindexter in the 80s. Right. He had tall hair, big band music. Um, uh, he sang Hot, Hot, Hot. Yeah. And, uh, <laughs> and uh, is that you, Santa Claus? Oh, I forgot about that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So he did those two songs. 
He was very popular as Buster Poindexter, but not really that popular because uh, he started acting. And I like him in this movie, and I don't know of many movies that I've seen him in. But I, I recognized him in a uh, documentary about punk rock music. And yeah, he was in the New York Dolls. They dressed in drag, and they played at CBGB, and everybody was pretty good, I think. I yeah. think it was a good band. Anyway... He goes, okay, Frank, where are we headed? He's like, take me home. All right, Frank, you're going home. <laughs> and uh, this guy drives like a bat out of hell. Uh, very reckless driver. Don't drive like this, especially in New York. Uh, and he goes to he goes to uh, Bill Murray's childhood home. Right. Um, you know, he pulled the uh, the cab fare flag down and. The countdown went backwards all the way to whatever year it was. It was like 1950-something, I think. Uh, I wrote it down. Okay. 1955. 1955. Isn't that the same year uh, Marty McFly went to the uh, Enchantment Under the Sea dance? It is! (laughs) (laughs) Must have been a really good year for the writers because they were all like, I was born this year. Right. (laughs) So... He, a funny scene happens where the ghost walks through the door. Bill Murray tries to walk through the door and he hits the door. Mm-hmm. And the guy's like, ah, ha, 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 gets him every time, <laughs> you know. And uh, uh, earlier on, he says, you know, he took Attila the Hun to see his past and it was like Niagara Falls, <laughs> you know. So they go inside. The mother is sitting in a chair. She's pregnant with uh, presumably the brother that we see later on in the movie or during the movie. Yeah. Um, and uh, little Frank, little tiny Frank, sitting there watching Howdy Doody in the middle of the night. I don't know when Howdy Doody was on. It was probably a primetime thing because I think in the 50s, TV shows didn't come on until later in the evening. Okay. Yeah, I I should have really researched television in the 50s, I guess. I don't know. Um it's like, I'm going to bring up Back to the Future again. Um, they're watching the Honeymooners in the middle of the day there. Yeah, I don't think so, that was a thing. Yeah. So it was just this weird, I guess, whatever show they could get, they got. So it was definitely Howdy Doody. Yeah. So he walks into the, the room mm-hmm. and, you know, he, he uses a door and he walks in and he sees himself sitting there watching Howdy Doody. And uh, eventually his dad comes in. And his dad is played by Brian Doyle Murphy. Right. And um, I like him. He was in Caddyshack. Mm-hmm. He's in a lot of the same movies yeah. that Bill Murray is in. Um, he was also the uh, owner of the car dealership in uh, that show, The Middle. Oh, yeah. And uh, he, he just, he plays this, you know, gruff, grumpy man because he's got that gruff, grumpy voice, mm-hmm. you know. And so... He gives his son meat. Gives him veal. Veal, yeah. Yeah. Milk-fed veal. Yeah. He's like, what was it? Like, that's $50. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. And and Frank wanted something. I forget what he wanted. He wanted a train, I think. Oh, yeah. And he's like, are you kidding me? People people fight over food like that or meat like that. And so, you know, there's a little conversation and everything. And, of course... Frank is crying. Right. Old Frank uh, is crying. Niagara Falls. And, yeah, the ghost goes, Niagara Falls. <laughs> so, 
they go there. The next scene is a little later. It's in like I think the seventies. Nineteen sixty-eight. Okay, nineteen sixty-eight. He's working at what? The, An office. I believe he's working at the office that he now runs. Okay. Yeah, probably. Yeah, because he was mentioning stuff. Yes. And this this woman is Xeroxing her butt. <laughs> um, I recognized her and I couldn't figure out who she was. And eventually I looked it up and she played on the television show Bosom Buddies uh, as one of the love interests of... She was one of the neighbors. Either Cousin yeah. Larry or Balky. I don't know which one. Um, Bosom, that's different. Bosom yeah, Buddies. No, Perfect Strangers. Yeah. I meant Perfect Strangers. I was going to say. Uh, Wasn't she in Bosom Buddies no. also, though? No. Yeah, and she and she's a beautiful woman. And apparently a whore. <laughs> <laughs> um, no. Maybe. What do you mean? Maybe. <laughs> she's, she's showing everybody her butt and giving them copies of it. That doesn't mean she's a whore. It means something, doesn't it? I'm sure it does. And she asks uh, Frank if he wants to go out for Chinese. Yes. And Frank says, no. There's this whole cat thing and, you know, <laughs> they chop up family animals and, uh, it's that whole rumor you've heard your whole life about Chinese food. Um, and so he doesn't want to go. And then he leaves and runs into Claire, quite literally. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, they run into each other. Uh, she drops some stuff. He bends down to get it. She bends down to get it. They bump heads. And it's that whole, I'm quoting is meat cute. Yeah. Yeah. I I like the woman that plays Claire. Mm-hmm. Karen Allen. Yeah. And uh, she's, again, a very beautiful woman. Mm-hmm. Uh, but she has kind eyes. Yeah. Like, I can look into her eyes and go, that's a kind woman. Mm-hmm. And I'm sure she was cast because of that. Mm-hmm. Well, she was in Indiana Jones. Yeah. Um, and a few other shows at that time. If she was in Stripes. Yeah, Stripes. She was one of the love interests. With in Bill that. Murray. Yeah. <laughs> um, so that probably helped, too. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, the, the director, Richard Donner... Um, I don't think he's directed her before. I can't really say yes or no to that. But yeah, they meet and she goes, do you want to go out for Chinese or something? He goes, I'd love to go out for Chinese. <laughs> he kind of gives a glared look for yeah. so, but yeah. Yeah. And, and older Frank is like, mm. <laughs> you know? and, uh, and another scene we cut to is when Bill Murray has an on-screen appearance it's 1971 now. Yes, that's the one I was thinking of earlier, uh, where he's playing a dog. Frisbee. For a children's show. And my favorite freaking part of the whole entire movie is right here, I think. Really? Yeah. Because the mailman's there, and he's got this thing, and he's like, he's like, what do you think it is, Frisbee? And you can hear the cabbie. <laughs> Cabbie's just going, it's a bomb! <laughs> It just cracks me up every single time. I don't know why. It's funny. Uh, but, you know, and they, and they show a, a little bit more tension interaction with him and Karen. Um, they cut to another scene. And I, 
I really need to talk about this movie being a PG-13 movie at this point. Mm -hmm. Because in this movie, there is partial nudity. Yes. There is drug use. Yes. There is, I think, one use of the F word. I believe so. There's quite a few curse words. Yeah, he says GD all throughout the whole yes. movie. And uh, and Empire Records had barely any of that, and it was PG-13. I don't get it. Different they, eras. They had to take away the, the drug references out of Empire Records, say, yeah, it's full of sugar. Yeah. And, and and we have to just imply that it's drugs mm-hmm. instead of just saying, yeah, they're pot brownies. Right. You know, um, they they couldn't say certain things. They couldn't do certain things. And it's I don't know what where the disconnect is. I think that's what the problem with PG-13. PG-13 is supposed to be for a more mature audience. Right. And But PG was originally supposed to be for a more mature audience. Really? Yeah. I mean, I've seen boobs in PG movies. Yeah. Um, Full-on boobs. Mm-hmm. Um, and cussing, you know. And now, I don't know what the guidelines are. And I think... I think it's all purview to whoever is doing the rating and how they feel that day. Yeah. It, there should be... There should be a checklist. Yeah. You can only say one F word or, you know, three whatevers. And that should be the guideline for every single movie. Right. And it just isn't. And it's whatever whim somebody's on that day. Mm-hmm. Oh, you're rated R. Why? Because I saw a nipple. Or why Why are you rated R? Oh, because we said a, a bad word. Mm-hmm. How many bad words? Maybe four. Oh, four bad words? How much violence is in your movie? Because there's a ton of violence in PG movies. Oh, gosh, I'm getting on a rant here. South Park is a great example of this. Yeah. If you've never listened to the story of how the South Park movie came to be, you should find it and you should listen to it. Right. Because it's quite funny how they got their way. Yeah, and, and I think they even made scenes worse. They did. And and then they got, they're like, okay, now it's acceptable. Yeah. Why? Why? Yeah. So anyway, <laughs> uh, so Frank and Karen eventually break up. And I can't remember why. Because he chose to go to dinner with the boss instead of the planned dinner that they had with their friends. That's right. Which dumb, this was a weird Frank. breakup scene. Yeah. Obviously, tensions had been flaring. For years. For years. Well, they, but, they met in 1968 and they were... Together in 1971. So it's, it's a short amount of time. But what was really strange is it's like she's... It was kind of like the friends thing. She's like, we need to take a break. And he's like, yeah. And then he totally whitewashes over that. Yeah. And is like, I'll talk to you later. Right. Which was and, very reminiscent of friends. <laughs> and then he just doesn't. <laughs> yeah. I until don't, the phone call, right? I don't, I don't think he ever talked to her again. Right. Because next we move into the uh, the next ghost. Right. Yeah, and we move into the next ghost. He There's like this little thing that happens on the set of Scrooged, or Scrooge. Yeah, he always ends up back there, it yeah. seems like. Um, and everybody's like, oh, he's breaking up. He's having a mental breakdown. Yeah, it's a stressful time. It's Christmas time. You're supposed to have this live production come out. And they're still rehearsing and building the sets on Christmas Eve. That would drive me crazy right there. Mm-hmm. 
But like, there's comic relief with this woman, and she she gets hit in the face. She she ends up in a, a neck brace, you know. Oh up in yeah, the, the, in the, the control booth. executive. Yeah. So there's that funny stuff. We see a cameo from uh, the woman that plays Mimi from uh, the Drew Carey show. She plays yeah. a nurse. Yeah, it's a blink and you'll miss it moment. Yeah, um, and I remember her in something else that I was like. Hey, I think that was Mimi. Mm-hmm. Um, because without the clown makeup on, I, I just don't recognize no, her. No, she looks normal. Yeah, if, if you didn't watch the Drew Carey show, she wore heavy, heavy makeup. Mm-hmm. Like, it ridiculous eyeshadow. Yeah. And these loud outfits. And uh, so, seeing her as a just a regular nurse, you go, what was that? What did I just <laughs> see? And, yeah, it was Mimi. But then, uh, then we get... One of my favorite characters, Carol Kane. Mm-hmm. She's a, she's a favorite character actress. Yeah, I would say. Um, she was in she was in a horror movie called When a Stranger Calls. Okay. And uh, that's the movie where the 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 call is coming from inside the house. <laughs> um, she's also Simka on Taxi. Uh huh. And she currently is on. Kimmy Schmidt. Yeah, the unbreakable Kitty Kimmy Schmidt. So she's she's been around for a while, mm-hmm. and she plays a complete and utter sadist. <laughs> um, she's dressed like Glenda the Good Witch. Uh huh. Um, I in fact, totally I think, want to dress like her for Halloween one year. I think her her first line is something Glenda says, but I can't remember. Yeah, um, she's kind of got that high pitched voice yeah, of like, what yeah. Glenda. Yeah. And she's floating, and she's floating and bobbing towards Frank. And Frank's starting to get into this. He's like, okay, where are we going with this? And she kicks him in the nuts. <laughs> and I'm like, why? So, she, yeah, she uh, she goes through some stuff. and uh, She's very abusive. Yeah. But she's the ghost, she's of, a ghost Christmas of Christmas present. present. And she takes him to his personal assistant. I would call her. She's not a secretary. She's a personal assistant. She's a personal assistant. Yeah. Um, takes him takes him to her house, and she's got, what, five kids? Grace is home. She's got five kids. Yes. And you find out our tiny Tim of this story is her son, Calvin. Yeah, Calvin. He's a cute kid, too. He's adorable. Um, but they the first scene you see him, and he, they're wrapping him up in tinsel. He's the tree. And, yeah, he's the tree. And they're like, don't plug him in. You know, and poor kid. The dad died. Uh, Calvin saw the the father die. And he's been mute ever since. Right. Um, there's peppered throughout. There's foreshadowing. He's watching A Christmas Carol. And he sees Tiny Tim say, God bless us, everyone. Right. So, um, at that point, you're like, okay, yeah, it's probably going to end up that way. There was a Free South Africa poster or sign mm-hmm. in this room. Yeah, uh, it's kind of everywhere. Yeah, and I and I did a little bit of research on that, and uh, Richard Donner uh, was against uh, apartheid in South uh, Africa, uh-huh. and so he wanted uh, to send out subliminal messaging uh, so that people would be like, maybe we should free South Africa. Uh, because apartheid was terrible. It was, it was very similar to our Jim Crow laws. Yeah. Trevor Noah talks about how he is a uh, son of a mixed race family. 
And he would have to walk on one side of the street while his uh, mother had to walk on a different side of the street uh, in fear of getting murdered. Yeah, it's just crazy. Yeah. So. And, you know, growing up here in the 80s. Yeah. I don't think I knew about this Mm -hmm. because it just wasn't on my radar. I knew about it from Lethal Weapon 2. Um, See, I don't think I saw that until I was much older. Yeah. And I remember, uh, I want to call him Stephen Van Sant, uh-huh. uh, the, the, the band member of the E Street Band, did a song called I Won't Play Sun City. Okay. And it was, it was a protest song about Sun City, South Africa. Mm-hmm. And so, like, I knew a little bit about what was going on, but that was a peppy tune, man. I mean, oh, it really, like, if you didn't know what he was talking about... Sounds like a great song. Oh, wow. Yeah. So, we we see that. What else do we see in the present? He, he goes, she takes him to the brother's house. Oh, that's right. And they're playing charades or some goofy thing. Trivial, like a trivia game. Yeah. The SS Minnow. He couldn't figure out the SS Minnow. Right. Uh, Gilligan's Island, or the ship that Gilligan and the skipper lost. You know. Yeah. Went lost to sea at. Um. What else? She also uh, shows him Herman. Oh, yeah. Herman. Herman's this homeless guy that uh, in an earlier scene he meets when he goes to see Kate or Claire. I mean, Claire. And uh, and they all think that he's. Oh, my gosh. Uh, They call him something, but they all think he's this actor. Right. Yeah. And so, like, they make him do like a performance that this actor does. And it's hilarious. And I and I read that they put that scene in there specifically because of his Saturday Night Live skit that he did where he played that character. The the guy playing Herman? No. Bill Murray? Bill Murray. Oh, okay. They all thought that Bill Murray was this guy. Oh, that's remember? right. Okay. Um, and I I wanna say it's like Gregory Peck or some it is an older actor. And uh and so they <laughs> They do this whole thing. And who else was in there? Uh, Mama from Throw Mama yeah, from the Train. Yeah, and Ramsey. Uh, and she was also in Goonies. So there's yeah. your Goonies connection with Richard Donner again. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I don't reckon, didn't recognize the other The guy, guy that plays Herman, I think, always played somebody named Herman, by the way. I think so, too. Because I remember him. Like, him and Clint Howard, I kind of got mixed up in my head a little bit when I was younger. Because they played kind of similar characters. They always okay. played this weird, out-of-whack out of character that probably has mental problems, but is lovable anyway, you know. <laughs> but this guy, he always seemed to play a guy named Herman. Mm-hmm. So the Christmas present takes him to see Herman. And now Herman's up against a wall. He's smiling. Mm-hmm. And he's totally dead. And he's frozen. Frozen solid. Yeah. Um, it's one of those things, like, like it, also in Groundhog Day, where, you know, the guy just dies yes. over and over again. Yeah, it- um, this is that character that kind of connects with Frank, and uh, he's like, why didn't you stay with Claire? Yeah. She'd have given you a hot food. She yeah. would have given you blankets. Why didn't you stay? You're his, stupid. It was his human moment. Yeah. And uh, I think that's a good indicator of like why this movie's good. Mm-hmm. And then Christmas present leaves. Yeah, he leaves him there. She he leaves, she leaves. Yeah, she leaves him there with uh with Herman. Yeah. And so 
He's got to find a way out. He's in. He's in under this under this uh, street. Yeah. Um, in some sort of like I, I don't want to call it a sewer, but it's some well, sewer like thing. In, Maybe in, irrigation. In like New York, there's some of those uh, sidewalks that yeah. that come up, and there's space underneath. I yeah. think that's kind of where they're at. So he finds a door. He busts right through that he door. Busts through the door and right into Buddy Hackett. I think. Yeah. And Buddy Hackett, his character. That he's playing. He's playing Scrooge mm-hmm. in this telecast of Scrooge. And uh, he has the worst British accent I've ever heard in my life. But he busts in there. And they're all mad at him. And then they're like, oh, it's Frank. Frank. You know? Yeah. And they <laughs> all think he has totally lost his yeah, mind. Yeah. And they're like, they're like, you have to go somewhere else. You got to go upstairs. Get a grip on things. So he goes upstairs. pours himself a drink, right? And he's sitting there. And on the oh, and when he got into the elevator, Death was there, but it was the actor who's playing Death in the in the yeah, show. Yeah, the Ghost of Christmas. So he future. freaked out there. Yeah, and they're like, "Get it together, Frank!" <laughs> you know. So, and his boss is watching. Will be watching the telecast. Yes. from his home with his cats who love his watching cats television. are watching the TV. Yeah, and his wife, and but before we get to that. Uh, he goes upstairs, he has a drink, and, uh... Elliot shows up. Well, the death also is there in the, in its screens yes. behind him. Yeah. Like, there's, like, a, like a bunch of screens, and, but he kind of pans across there, and then you see a hand reach out. Uh-huh. It's very, like, uh, the, what you think of with, like, the 1970 version of King Kong, that big okay. arm mm-hmm. that comes in yeah. and tries to grab. Except... Before that could happen, Elliot barges in, and he is pissed drunk, right? Which is funny, because earlier we were talking about this, and we're like, every time he tries to get drunk or drink anything, his alcohol... Was smashed or Smashed, dropped, something. So it's like, he obviously found alcohol at some point. (laughs) And he's like, I lost my wife... I lost my um, will to live, you know, this whole thing. Yeah. And it's all because of you, Frank. It's all because of you. And he starts taking shots at Frank, and he's like, what did he say about the Bacardi? He goes, don't shoot the Bacardi. Yeah. (laughs) You know, something goofy like that. And eventually, I think he comes to terms with Elliot right here, doesn't he, or no? No. What happens is uh, he gets in the elevator, and the ghost gets him. That's right. Uh, this sequence is a little weird. It's It takes place on an elevator. So each floor is a different part of the future, right? It seems that way, yeah. So he hits one, and it's Claire sitting in a very nice restaurant. Uh, she's all dolled up. She's all dolled up. Very high society. Yeah. And, uh, and, and, and a homeless person comes up and she like shoes him off. Yeah. And that's not Claire. No. But she said she said something like, I I listened to Frank and I Yeah, and she I she said I got really, me. really good advice from someone once. Yeah. It's like, gotta cut him loose. The next one is his death. No. No? Actually Oh no, it's Calvin. Calvin. Mm-hmm. Oh my gosh. So that's they the show, first one. Yeah, that is the first one. I wrote him down here. Uh, I wrote down future Calvin in mental ward. Yeah, it's a little strange. It's a little bit of a stretch too. A mute person going to a mental ward. 
not not only mental ward, but that was a padded. It was a padded. Cell. Yeah, it's a padded cell. Yeah, and Grace came in and she's dressed like what you would think a woman in post-apocalyptic times might wear. Yeah, like a head wrap and you know just a simple garment. And I was like, what is she wearing? <laughs> no shoes, because obviously he could hurt himself. Right, he could hang himself by his shoelaces. Right, <laughs> and then I put down. Uh, future Claire is cold-hearted. Yeah. And then uh, Frank faces his mortality. Yes. So, his sister-in-law is there. Yeah. Um, Wendy Malick. And some other people. No, just Wendy Malick and the brother. Oh, okay. Well, the brother isn't there at first, so he thinks it might be his brother's funeral. Yes. And, uh, and then his brother shows up. They, they have a little bit of a banter, and then they send him into the, uh, Frank's body into the incinerator. So what struck me about this scene is the sister-in-law is crying for Frank. Yeah. Even though Frank has been this horrible person to their family yeah. all of these years. But, you know, he did give him a VHS. <laughs> By accident. By accident. Who cares? <laughs> Got that VHS. But still, it's like, it, it just goes to show you that even if you're a horrible, horrible person. Other people will feel for you still. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh... That's not an so, encouragement to be a horrible person. No. <laughs> no. In fact, A Christmas Carol... A Christmas Carol is all about a person redeeming himself. Mm-hmm. Even though he's been a horrible person, you can still forgive that person. That person can turn their life around, even at the ripe old age of 78. Yes. You know, uh, eventually, a person can do that. Now, do they do that? Yeah, sometimes they do. Mm-hmm. Um, and I want to say that this movie, not Scrooge in general, but like A Christmas Carol, the book, mm-hmm. kind of invented Christmas as like being a thing. I don't think that's true. I, I think it invented some aspect of what Christmas is. And probably is. some of the traditions spreading. Yeah. Um. So he's in the coffin suddenly and he's mm-hmm. burning up. Yeah. And then what happens? He's back in the elevator. And he comes out of the elevator. Elliot's still there because no time has really passed. Right. And he's like, he's like, you know what? I did do a bad thing. You're rehired. In fact, I'm doubling your salary. <laughs> you know? And he's like, how would you like my office? And he goes, I don't want your office. He's like, why? He goes, because I don't like your office. He goes, you're an honest man. And I like that. You know? <laughs> And it's this uh, very uh, manic type of Bill Murray character where he's just happy and yeah. excited and he wants to start doing things for people. He rushes down to the set and he busts up the uh, the production. Yeah, that, the live the production. Yeah, <laughs> it's in the middle of the live production. And of course, his boss is watching and his boss is like, call the booth. Well, Elliot's up in the booth now uh-huh. at this point. He's got everybody at gunpoint. And he's like, he's like, I, I, I'm going to keep my job, right? You know? <laughs> um, but he answers the phone and he says something about uh, uh, the other guy, the the smarmy guy. What was his name? Oh, I forgot. He's in the control booth. He's okay. like, he can't come to the phone right now. And also Bryce. he smell, says you smell like butts. Bryce. Yeah. He's like, I smell like butts. He's fired. So there's, I think everybody in that control booth will never look at Elliot in the eye ever again because of what he had done. 
Really? Yeah. He held them at gunpoint and that's forced true. them to keep their production going. Yeah. Um, and while while that's going on, Bill Murray's down there talking about, you know, the true meaning of Christmas and blah, blah, blah. And uh, he wants everybody to, like, he's, he orders a bunch of champagne. He's like, go get this champagne and, and then, you know, meal or whatever. And then uh, that's when Calvin speaks and he says, And his uh, his mom cries. Yeah, even Bill Murray, he picks yeah. him up. Yeah, you know, he's like, "Wow," and everything. Yeah, and he'd only met that kid once. Yeah, he'd only met him once because he was on the stage at one point, and then he saw him in the the yeah. present. So yeah, he he. So kind of it had to have been a little weird for that kid. Okay, and then uh, we're in our happy moment here at the end of the movie. Uh, they're singing, put a little love in your heart. No, they sing Joy to the World. You, you skipped a part. What? Claire. Well, Claire shows up. Claire gets Claire gets the ghost cabbie to, to bring her. Yeah. She was like, can you get me to there? What? Of course I can. <laughs> <laughs> it was quite funny. <laughs> He's like Benny the Cab from, uh, from Roger Rabbit. Anyway. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So, yeah. Frank gets the girl. Mm-hmm. He cures this boy of talking, of, of being mute. Yeah. I mean, he's, they sing Put a Little Love in Your Heart mm-hmm. near the end. Um, but they do sing Joy to the World, and he has to do his hammy lounge act. Fa la 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 la. <laughs> so. Herman still dies. Herman still died, yeah. I mean, you can't stop the present from exactly. happening. Yeah. Um, and then, at the end of the movie, he's talking to the audience, right? Right. And the, the song, Put a Little Love in Your Heart's going on. So, put a little love in your heart. Right? Mm-hmm. And uh, he says, feed me Seymour at one yes, point. Yes, which was weird. Um, I found out that... Bill Murray ad-libbed a lot of lines because he hated the script. Oh, that <laughs> and makes so, sense. Like, he he would say things, and he was in he was in Little Shop of Horrors earlier. Yes, that, he was uh, that year, the year before, uh, as the as a masochist uh, uh, dental uh, patient or the uh, dentist. No, he wasn't the dentist. He wasn't. No, Steve Martin was a dentist. Trust me, Steve Martin was the dentist. Oh, in the movie. Yeah. I didn't think he was the one in the as the patient. Bill Murray was the patient. Wow. Steve Murray it was the or Steve Martin was the dentist. I'm gonna be cutting some of that. In January we will be watching Little Shop of Horrors. <laughs> anyway, uh yeah, and that's credits. That's the end of the movie. It's a feel good movie, right? Mm-hmm. So uh what's your favorite part of the movie then? I would have to say it's the scenes with Carol Kane. Yeah. I already told you mine. Yes. It's a bone. <laughs> ah, ha, 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 ha. <laughs> uh that was mine. Um what didn't you like about the movie? There's a couple things I think I did not like about the movie. Okay. Um I did not like the the thing I did not like the most was how Bill Murray had not contacted Claire in, like, what, 20 Forever, years? Yeah. And suddenly he contacts her, and she is more than 
willing to just forgive him on the spot and immediately go to dinner and rekindle their romance. And I felt that that was terrible writing. I didn't. I feel like that's something she would have wanted to do. I don't think it would have been an immediate thing, though. Somebody reconnecting with you that you loved, really loved. Yeah. 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 He'd go out. She'd go out to dinner with him immediately. I think maybe dinner, but she wouldn't act like the relationship was beginning, like had been in existence. You never know. I don't know. I would not act like that. Okay. I'd be standoffish. Yeah. Well, remind me that in 20 years. You're not going anywhere. Oh. Uh, nice try. What I didn't like about the movie was his relationship with his brother. Yeah. It went nowhere. It was a non- It was non-existent. Yeah, it was a non-part of the movie. Um, it could have, it could have been explored more. Um, you could have gotten a connection with the brother. And, And this guy that played his brother is his brother in real life. And he was in movies. Uh, but I don't know any of them. Mm -hmm. Um, one of his other brothers was in a movie where he went to driving school and he basically played Bill Murray. Weird. In that movie. Yeah. Um, the only one out of the Murray brothers that I think doesn't act like Bill Murray when he, when he's acting is Brian Doyle Murphy. Yeah. And that's probably because he looks nothing like him anymore. Cause he's just robust man. He's, I mean, he, yeah. But, uh, well, and he's, he's old. definitely he's got definitely his own older. personality, and he always yeah. has. Yeah, so that's what we got. Um, what's who's your most liked character? It's hard to say. Um, it's not Carol Kane. Well, I really enjoyed Carol Kane. Yeah, like I really like Grace. Yeah, I like Grace a lot because she's willing to put up with a lot to make money for her children. Right. And I can correlate with that because yeah. I've had some jobs where I'm like, I really don't want to be here, but right. we need to put food on the table yeah. kind of situations, you know? So, and I, I just, I respected her a lot. Okay. That's good. Um, Grace is a good answer. Um, I think I liked Elliot, even though he was kind of one dimensional at times, but somebody getting fired on Christmas, you know, mm-hmm. his wife leaves him. What else is he going to do? You know, yeah. I liked his character. I really liked Claire though. Um, so I'm changing my answer to Claire. <laughs> yeah. I really liked the Claire character. I liked Claire. I just thought that, you know, there's just no way she would go back to that relationship Head, full head on. Maybe I'll change my answer again. Um, it's definitely Mary Lou Retton. <laughs> she's she's a blip and you'll miss blink and she, you'll miss She plays moment. Tiny Tim. She I know. says God blesses everyone. Yeah. Alright, I'm kidding. It's Claire. <laughs> uh, okay, so we got that. And then who's your least liked character? I would probably say Bryce. Yeah, I'm going to agree with you on that. Bryce is just this slimy guy. He he reminds me of like the uh the cokehead up in uh the tower and uh uh Die Hard. Yeah. You know, just out for opportunity and and not really giving a crap who he steps over to get there. Mm-hmm. Um I don't like those type of people. Yeah. I never have. 
Uh, so we got that. There is a possible theme or lesson in this, right? Yes. And what do you think it is? That you shouldn't be greedy. So greed is bad. Greed is bad. You but, should also be nice to people. But Gordon Gecko said greed is good. Eh. And that was in Wall Street. <laughs> Man, she has no sense of humor. <laughs> uh, yeah, greed is bad. Being mean to people shouldn't get you ahead in life. It you does. should never put money over your relationships. It's the That's ultimate one, yeah. uh, lesson. Um, so let's talk about the soundtrack. You said earlier that it reminded you of Batman or uh, uh, Edward Scissorhands or something like that, right? It, it felt like a Tim Burton film. Yeah. Mm-hmm. This is Danny Elfman. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we like Danny Elfman. Um, but also, you know, a couple of the other songs. You know, Put a Little Love in Your Heart's a good song. Yeah. Um, I can't think of any other pop songs that were in the movie um no a lot of instrumental yeah um so here's the here's the burning question how much do you think it took to make this movie i hate this part um there was a lot going on in this movie there's a lot of special effects a lot of special effects a lot of sets a lot of costumes um, a lot of Bill Murray's. Sixty million. Oh, you're so close. Really? Yeah, it's thirty-two million. Ah, see, you're terrible. Yeah. I'm awful at this. So, how much do you think this movie made? I mean, I don't, I don't know. You don't know? I don't know. Just give me a number. Sixty million. I'm you're just right. Go there. <laughs> you're absolutely right. Sixty point <laughs> three million dollars. This movie made. So this mo- movie did make money. That's good. Unfortunately. Bill Murray hated Richard Donner. Uh, I think that Bill Murray might be hard to work with after reading about this and then also what happened on the set of Charlie's Angels. Or, oh. or maybe he just hated being in crap movies. I think um, he's very artistic. Yeah. And I feel that if you are brilliant at comedy or in, in any field, you may have a problem working for people that you feel are inferior. Yeah. Yeah, I can see that. And... And honestly, like, you see these things that he does lately, like, he'll crash a wedding and be mm-hmm. like, I'll take pictures with everybody. It's kind of weird, but okay, great. Um, him, you know, just hanging out with college students and telling them stories, mm-hmm. uh, things like that. I mean, I would love to meet Bill Murray, and yeah. I would definitely talk to him about anything but his career. Well, yeah, he probably doesn't want to talk about right. that. So, yeah, we're, we're done with that. Um what what other Christmas movies would you like to do this month? I don't know. But here's a weird fact. Oh. <laughs> when I was looking at IMDb at A Christmas Carol, because it has done, been done quite a few times. Yeah. Um, there was one that stuck out at me. Was it the Married with Children one? No. Oh. It was Rich Little's 1978 One Man Christmas Carol. But he was in character, not as Scrooge. Okay. Or just as Scrooge. He was in character as W.C. Fields playing Scrooge. Yeah, that's weird. It sounds like a train wreck. I bet we could find that on YouTube. I bet we could. And if you're up for it, you should go look for it. Because 
it could be very entertaining. Yeah, and uh, next week we're going to cover the Star Wars Holiday Special. No! And... <laughs> Don't right, make I'm me kidding. watch that again. I'm kidding, I'm kidding, I'm kidding. <laughs> I, I couldn't even watch that thing again. In fact, when I was a kid, I thought I imagined it because, like, <laughs> years later it happened and I was like, didn't I see something with, like, Chewbacca's family once and it was like... They were singing songs, and my mom was like, no. And I'm like, I'm sure I saw something with Chewbacca's family and, like, little baby Chewbacca and mama Chewbacca. And she's like, no. <laughs> so I thought I imagined it until YouTube came around in, what, 2010? Mm-hmm. And uh, a couple years later, I was like, I bet it was a thing. It and, you know, I, I did I did run a comic book store for a little bit, and people talked about it, and I was like, yeah, that's that that was totally a thing. And I didn't believe them either. <laughs> you know, I you just thought, thought I imagined it. You thought there it. was a mass hallucination. Well, I, I honestly thought it was part of Empire Strikes Back, um, because I had seen Empire Strikes Back at a very young age, and uh, I, I remember the snow planet, you know, Hoth. Mm-hmm. So... That's all I remembered of it. And I was like, my gosh, this has to be a thing. So what was it? Six years ago, I looked it up and I found it in its entirety with commercials. And uh, the commercials were so much better than that show. (laughs) Yes, if you'd like to torture yourself, you can find this Star Wars Christmas special on YouTube today. Yeah. Okay, so you can follow us at Twitter on Twitter uh, at Funtime Movies One. That is at Funtime Movies and the number one. Yep. We are on Facebook as Happy Funtime Movie Hour, and we try and make posts every day on both of those. We'll talk about movies and maybe even times at times television series. Um, we're digging uh, Sabrina, uh, the Chilling Adventures of Sabrina right, right. now, and uh, we we kind of which re- is ridiculous. Really digging it though, and. Uh, the Orville's coming back, so I'm probably going to post stuff about that. Mm-hmm. Um, but movie news, um, by the time you're listening to this, the Avengers 4 trailer is going to be out. Yeah. At least a teaser, I guess. I think it's supposed to be out tomorrow. Yeah. Yeah, and tomorrow would be Wednesday. And uh, so hopefully we can get that. Um, so you can uh, subscribe to us on iTunes. Um, you can subscribe to us on Stitcher. We are now on Stitcher. And uh, Google Play Podcasts, uh-huh. or is it just Google Podcasts? I think it's just Google Podcasts. Okay. So we're on those three venues, uh, or mediums, not venues. And uh, and we would really like you to subscribe. And uh, what do we always say at the end of this? Go watch a movie. <laughs>